Which Florida Gators 2024 targets would make the biggest day one impacts in Gainesville? We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And now we are talking about some recruits, targets that could be day one, or I think would be day one contributors to this Florida Gators team in 2024. And I want to make this clear, targets, not commits. So DJ Lagway, not on this list. Isaiah Williams, not on this list. Miles Graham and Darius Hayes, not on the list. Xavier Filsame, not on this list, which I found out I've been pronouncing his name wrong this whole time. So I apologize for that. But who is on this list? Well, obviously, first off, it's Jeremiah Smith. Like, like he has to be the guy that we talk about because when you talk about Jeremiah Smith, you're talking about someone who, like, Brian Smith is like, he's the best player in the country, and it ain't close. He'd instantly give this team a top receiver on the outside that they haven't really had. Justin Shorter was good. Great in college. But was he a true, legitimate number one receiver? I don't think so. He would give you someone with... His size and route running ability, like he'd give whoever the starting QB is in 2024 a legitimate number one option immediately to pair with an already strong 2023 class of Eugene Wilson III, Aiden Mizell, and Andy Jean, all from 2023. And you've got Isaiah Williams already for 2024. You also have the guys that are currently on campus like Caleb Douglas, Marcus Burke, Ty Bowman, all those players, and obviously more. But you'd give them now Jeremiah Smith, where it's like he's immediately going to the top of that list. He just is. Whether or not you think that's rude or anything, but he is. He's immediately going up there. And I feel like it's important because I know I mentioned his size and route running ability. It's important to note he doesn't run routes like he's Justin Jefferson or he doesn't run routes like he's Stephon Diggs. No. But I can't think of many players that are 6'3", 190 or whatever he's listed at that can run routes like him. That's the important part. Like, he's not the best route runner on the planet. But at his size, his route running ability in high school, pretty damn impressive. And look, like, yeah, he has work to do route running. I don't I don't care. Like, like he's good for his size. You could be better. But I will say, you know, a big point for him is I want to get to the NFL. That's why I'm going to Brian Hartline right now with Ohio State, who he's committed to. That's why he's he's only really looking at universities where they have receiver coaches that have gotten guys to the NFL before so that they can develop his talent. He knows, and he's trying to be great, and I love that. Also, shout out to uh, Randall Alderman in my comments yesterday pointing out that uh, Jeremiah Smith apparently said in, the, in, in an interview with On3 that he won't make a decision until signing day, 
Um, and Randall brought up the point where, like, if he knew he was staying with Ohio State, he would have said Ohio State, even though he's currently committed there. Um, but it, it confirms what I was saying yesterday, where I was like, I think it's going to come down to signing day no matter what. So it, it's great to kind of get that confirmation from Jeremiah Smith that, yeah, no, this thing's going to run its course and then I'll make a decision, which I do love because I think that favors Florida. Whether or not he actually becomes a Florida Gator, we'll see. But I think that favors Florida at this point in the game. And the next guy is David Stone. Duh. <laughs> Obviously, it's the second highest ranked non-Gator commit here. Duh. Um, but I do think that regardless of the ranking, David Stone's skill set helps his defense a ton. Because being able to rush the passer from the interior is so wildly overlooked. Not even underrated, just overlooked. Because everybody's like, oh, yeah, no, we want the edge rusher. We want the Will Anderson. We want the Khalil Mack. We want those guys. But if you can have someone on the interior that can rush the passer, a Aaron Donald, a... Chris Jones, a Fletcher Cox. Like if you could have someone like that, that changes your defense. Being able to push the pocket is an insanely underrated look or overlooked, we'll say, uh, overlooked trait. And if you could pair David Stone's pass rushing ability with Chris McClellan's ability, sheesh, that's just that's just hell if you're a guard, if you're an interior offensive lineman, really, because centers too. If you're an interior offensive lineman, that's just hell. It's as simple as that. Having David Stone at the three and Chris McClellan at the one or zero and David Stone at the one or, or zero and Chris McClellan at the three, it's it's just causing havoc there on the interior defensive, on the interior offensive line that they are going to struggle with. And I will say, as far as David Stone is concerned, I'm, I'm, I'm still not confident at this point in the game that there's going to be, that Florida is anything more than a hat on the table right now. However, there's still a good deal of time here before David Stone's expected to make his decision. And if you're a hat on the table right now, you've got time. Like you're in consideration. Maybe you're not, you know, top two team in consideration here, but you're in consideration. He's got his ears open for you. You can still take that time to take the next steps and push yourself and push yourself into the conversation for him to truly be there and not just be a hat on the table, which like, look, I'm someone who last year I was like, hey, Florida's a hat on the table for a player that under Dan Mullen, they wouldn't have been in consideration for. And I don't, I'm not changing my point of view on that from 2023. However, now Billy Napier's been here for a year he's been here for a season he's had two recruiting classes come in granted one of them was that transition class but he's had two recruiting classes come in he's had the time to speak with some of these guys and get to know these guys it's no longer okay to be a hat on the table now you need to be in that conversation and you need to win those battles because baby this is the university of florida and i don't know about you i'm trying to be great so that that's what that's what i need to see here but I will say right now, I think Florida's just a hat on the table with a chance to make significant progress. We're about to talk about a couple other recruits that I, I feel a lot more confident about becoming Florida Gators. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. 
That's up to $2,500 back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from, you know, money line in the MLB to home runs in the MLB to three-pointers made in the NBA Finals to goals scored in, I, I don't watch soccer, English Premier League, we'll say that, I watch Ted Lasso, but don't miss your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 back in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I said, there's two players here that I'm a bit more confident in Florida's ability to lock them in. In fact, I'd say that they're both likely Florida Gators. Like I think Florida's the favorite for both of them. And if you look on the right side of this beautiful new layout, you can see who they are. If you want to join the Locked On Gators Discord, the link's in the description below, and we're going to talk about them. But LJ McCray is the first one that I'm going to talk about because, and I talked about him yesterday and we talked about him with Brian last week. I love the defensive end and Jack versatility. I know this coaching staff loves it as well because they want to be versatile up front and they want to be aggressive up front and they want to make it where you can't just go, oh, this guy's rushing the pass through every play. Instead, you've got four legitimate pass rushers on that defensive line. And they could all be coming in. You could have off-ball linebackers come in. Just, just havoc is what they want. That's what Austin Armstrong wants. I love the defensive end and Jack versatility of LJ McCray. And like Brian Smith, who will be here later this week, like Brian Smith has said, like LJ McCray's upside is crazy. Like there's just no other way to put it where his physical profile in itself is impressive. His height, his weight, his length, the dude looks like he has incredibly long arms. Like, I, I need to see those measurements. Um, his athleticism, all impressive, especially when you package it together. That's why Brian Smith is like, look, like, this is a legitimate battle here because of his upside. But I, I was watching some of LJ McCray's tape, and I love his play. Like, he is violent. Violent. And when you're talking about bringing a kid from high school to the SEC. If you've got the athletic profile that the SEC loves and you're violent, that that's half the battle there. Like you've got, you've got the athleticism, you've got the size, you've got the mindset, the demeanor that you're not going to be soft. We can get you with further refinement. You know, you work with this coaching staff and they can refine you as a pass rusher, as a block shedder, we'll say, just because obviously you do have to defend the run as well. So with the refinement and your already just just physical profile and your mentality, you could become a legitimate threat off the edge. And Florida could use that in the class. Like you look at 2024, you've got Adarius Hayes is someone that Brian Smith and a lot of other people think like, hey, he's eventually going to come down to be a pass rusher. Maybe Miles Graham, off-ball linebacker that excels at rushing the passer or blitzing, we'll say. Great. LJ McCray could be your legitimate guy where you just go, okay, the entire time, the game plan is that you're going to be a pass a pass rusher primarily, and that's a major selling point for LJ McCray. He said he loves the idea of being used in multiple ways and playing multiple roles along the defense. He's going to do that in Gainesville. I don't know if other schools are promising him that. I'm sure they are. But Florida, even last year, put their money where their mouth is as far as using guys in versatile ways, and I'd expect them to do the same thing, if not even more versatile, 
under Austin Armstrong this year. And the next guy to talk about is Chris Jones, who off-ball linebacker that I know there are some people who are like, hey, maybe he becomes a guy that puts his hand in the dirt eventually, like Adarius Hayes. Maybe you add them both. One of them becomes a pat, one, one of them becomes a hand in the dirt kind of guy or stand-up edge rusher, and one of them stays off ball. Or maybe they both do both. Who knows? You can have fun with it. That's the fun thing about versatility here. And we know by now, Chris Jones, one of my absolute favorite recruits in the class, or as in the 2024 class, not the Florida Gators recruiting class, but just one of my favorite recruits in the class, regardless of where he goes to school. If he becomes a Gator, I'd be ecstatic. If he goes to Georgia, I hope all of the personal success for him, but I hope they lose every single game. That's that's where I'm at with it. But Chris Jones is one of my favorite recruits in the class. I, I love his play style. I love his aggressiveness. I love his demeanor. Like He's like Miles Graham, and he's like Adarius Hayes in kind of different ways, but also in the sense that just he excels working downhill and playing aggressive. I talked about Miles Graham excels blitzing. That's a great thing for him, especially with this defense. Adarius Hayes, someone who a lot of people think will eventually become an edge rusher, and Chris Jones, there are people who think he will as well. So adding those kinds of backers to this class would be awesome. I think Chris Jones could rotate in early, especially when you look at the linebacker room right now. There's some guys that I think are, we'll say, transfer threats at the end of this year if things go how I think they will. And there's some guys who are obviously going to go to the NFL after this year or try to go to the NFL after this year at least. But with Miles Graham, Adarius Hayes, and just talking about Chris Jones, there's a couple notes there. Like Jay Bateman is cooking right now with linebackers. And Austin Armstrong as defensive coordinator. Like expect to see more of the linebackers where we go, oh yeah, aggressive downhill. They're great blitzers. They love com- They love just like coming downhill, being aggressive, and getting after the ball. Like expect to see that more with Austin Armstrong because that's what he wants. He needs you to be able to operate in coverage and be able to attack. That, that, that's what is needed in this defense. So Chris Jones fitting that billing. Miles Graham fitting that billing. Adarius Hayes fitting that billing. Also, Adarius Hayes is making me feel like Chris Jones is the most important player in this recruiting class because he's so publicly just like Chris Jones come to Gainesville. Chris Jones come to Gainesville. And it like I don't see Adarius Hayes doing that with the same energy for other players. So I love seeing that push for Chris Jones from Adarius Hayes. To wrap up today's show, we got two players that we're talking about that are in the trenches. It's trench warfare because, you know, to win in the SEC, you have to be able to function in the trenches. And we're starting off on the defensive side of the ball, which is where we've been talking about for the past few players. Jaden Jackson is the first one because he's the kind of interior defensive lineman that I think can truly change your defense. Brian Smith was talking about this last week where he can really stuff the run on the interior operating as the nose tackle, which is probably what he's going to play mostly, but operating as the nose or the three tech, if you want to be a big three tech, especially when you have, you know, Desmond Watson on team on your roster, if Desmond Watson's at the nose and Jaden Jackson's on the interior, especially when you're looking at like goal line, they ain't running to the interior. You know that that's, that's the uh, goal there. But I think what Jaden Jackson does, that is, we'll say overlooked just because of his running it is I think he pushes the pocket well. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, oh, he's an awesome pass rusher. No, 
I'm saying that I think he pushes the pocket well. And if you can do that from the nose spot, whether it's zero, one, whatever, if you can do that from the nose, that's all we need, really. And that's enough to make you valuable. Like, I don't need a nose tackle to pick up, you know, eight sacks in a year. Hell, I don't need you to get any. If you could push the pocket and just create pressure and just disrupt the passing game, I'm cool with that. Like, that, like that's all I need from you here. So Jalen Jackson's ability to stop the run and push the pocket is a huge, huge positive here. And if he comes to Gainesville, I do think he'd be able to rotate in immediately. Again, that's the thing. I'm talking about players who are going to contribute early, not start right away, but contribute. I will also say on the Jaden Jackson front, uh, Andrew Savayanai, who's a tight end with the Florida Gators, came in as an edge rusher. Uh, he is. He, he tweeted. I'm going to find the tweet actually right now, just real quick, because it's not going to be hard to find, because you know it, it was yesterday. Uh, but Andrew Savayanai tweeted, "Time to create that poly pipeline to the swamp," and, and he was quote tweeting Jaden Jackson's tweet. Um, and I told him, I was like, hey, it's now your responsibility to make it happen, Andrew. I don't make the rules. And he said, I'm on it. Jaden Jackson liked it. So I'm I'm saying that that uh Andrew Savai and I, like it it's it's on you at this point to get Jaden Jackson. Don't worry about the coaching staff. It's it's completely up to you whether or not Jaden Jackson comes to the University of Florida. The last player to talk about is Ethan Calloway along the offensive line. I think Ethan fits that size profile that this coaching staff has clearly like fallen in love with. It's what they look for with most of their offensive linemen. They're looking for height, length, athleticism. That's what Ethan Callaway has. He's six foot seven, 300 pounds. Like he, he fits the size profile that this coaching staff likes. And from watching the little bit of Ethan Callaway that I did watch, and I will have no problem acknowledging that for me, the most difficult position to, uh, evaluate is the offensive line. I'm trying to get better at it, but that is always going to be the most difficult position for me to evaluate. Um, mostly because it's a position I only played two snaps of and I was bad at both of them, but there's that. But I think that watching Ethan Callaway, I was like, okay, like he's clearly more of an athlete than a refined blocker right now. And that's not a bad thing at all. Uh, I think that especially when you're talking about going from high school to college, even when you're talking about going from college to the NFL, being an athlete is always going to be a plus. Um, and especially when you're talking high school to college, being an athlete that needs technical refinement, not a concern at all. Like if you're going through four years of college and going to the NFL and it's like, oh yeah, he sucks at blocking, then that's an issue. And I don't think Ethan Callaway sucks at blocking. I just think he's more of an athlete than refined technique-wise with his hand placement. But I will say that, that that's kind of what this staff wants, I think. Obviously, if you're refined, that's great. But this coaching staff is looking for big, heavy dudes that can move and are good athletes. And Ethan Callaway is that. Like the Florida Gators have two, I I truly think, great offensive line developers on staff right now. Like the expectation should be they can develop guys like nobody else. You're paying them a lot of money. They've both got great resumes. And here's the thing as well, looking at the 2023 class, they didn't recruit the offensive line great. Like, I, I love the players that came in, but they didn't bring in any, like, like true star offensive lineman other than Roger Kearney. And uh, I think Caden Jones can be great, but he also fits this profile of, of big and an athlete and needs refinement. Um, but they didn't, they didn't recruit great. 
And if you're not going to recruit great, you better develop like a mother trucker. And I think Ethan Callaway gives them someone that they can kind of look and say, okay, great athlete, great size. We can get you up to speed as quick as possible because that should be the expectation. Again, like that that's my point with this offensive line. Like if you're not going to recruit amazing on the offensive line, you better develop amazing. And I think Rob Sale, I've said I credit Rob Sale with a lot of the development as far as Max Mitchell goes, who's in the NFL from Louisiana, as far as Andrew Thomas, who is a Georgia player, but sucked his rookie year with the Giants. Rob Sale came in and Andrew Thomas became one of the best young offensive linemen in football almost immediately. Not saying that's all Rob Sale. A lot of that's just getting up to NFL speed. But Rob Sale deserves a lot of the credit there. And you also look at the other players like Osiris Torrance, who's a Rob Sale recruit and a Rob Sale draftee now at this point. You look at Darnell Stapleton having an NFL resume. Like he's been there. He knows what it takes to physically be an offensive lineman in the NFL. You look at two guys that that they have to be able to develop, and I think Ethan Calloway, being a guy with a high ceiling, is someone that we should look at for the Florida Gators, where if he's a Gator, he should be able to play pretty early on. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.